What's going on everybody? Katie here and welcome back to the 30th official episode of the King Darius Experience where our awakening empowering today is coming by way of you guys. Yes, your questions. I'm celebrating episode 30 by answering three different questions that were related. You guys asked me a lot of questions via DMs, uh, comments, uh, both on TikTok, Instagram, um, and I've actually gotten a few messages on YouTube as well off of the actual podcast episodes themselves. So as things begin to grow, as we continue to gain traction, as we expand our community of creators and that kind of stuff, I want to start integrating real time uh, relevance through and by way of the questions that are on top of mind for you guys as you're trying to create and push your own narratives and things like that forward. So the first question we have um, is from audience member, and I apologize if I mess up any of your names. I, we've got people from a lot of different places and a lot of beautiful cultures and backgrounds. This one is Geraldine. Um, she is asking what podcast platform is essentially, you know, best. And let me actually read the context so that way you guys can understand, you know, what is sort of the details behind uh, the questions that everybody is asking here. So this first question uh, by Geraldine. Um, let me see. I have it right here. She says, hey, Derek, just wanted to talk to you really quick because my fiance and I are about to start uploading our first podcast. Oh, let's see. Uploading our first podcast by the end of this week. We already have all the equipment we are waiting on in the mail and we already have filmed our intro and outro pieces for YouTube videos uh, for the podcast. So now it's just about film, filming slash recording the actual podcast. I noticed you are using Anchor and wanted to ask what your insights are and how your experience has been with the platform. Uh, my fiance and I are almost convinced that's the platform we want to use for our podcast too. Um, so I, yes, I use Anchor um, and I've used a lot of things in the past um, uh, to distribute like as the actual distributor um, and sometimes as the actual publisher as well. Um, a lot of you know one of my best friends uh, outside of work and profession, but also a uh, industry and, and, and professional associate as well. But one of my best friends, Dash, aka Swole Normus, he uses Podbean and he's, you know, 1500 plus episodes into his podcast. Um, and it works beautifully for him, right? And then there's other people that use more native uh, podcast publishing by publishing through their own websites, and then they have show notes and they have transcriptions, and then you know they use podcast players as widgets, um, sort of like the one that Pat Flynn owns, where you can actually upload your content and then display it in a very visual, pleasing way. So the the UX UI, the user experience and integration, actually looks uh, looks good and is you know enjoyable to consume. So, but the reasoning behind why I chose Anchor specifically, even though there's a ton of different marketplaces and distributors and widgets and tools that you can use for audio content and podcasting specifically, is because Anchor was recently bought by Spotify. And if there's anything that I know about behavior, one of the reasons behavior over words is such a huge principle, because it goes beyond individualism, right? So behaviorally, Spotify has stayed at the top of their market. They've updated their platform. They've stayed on top of trends. They, for the most part, obviously every platform has, you know, headlines in the news about, you know, creators being upset with their platforms and stuff like that. Nobody's immune to that. But for the most part, Spotify treats their creators beautifully. I publish my own podcast and my own music to Spotify as a platform, all that kind of stuff. But I know that they, as an, an entire company, a brand, an app, a web platform, a mobile application, all of those things, they have to stay relevant. They have to continue to grow. They have to continue to innovate 
innovate. They have to continue to add different uh, integrations and whatnot to their platform. And actually, I've talked about two or three times now how I believe platforms and marketplaces like Spotify actually have the best opportunity just by default and behavior to hop into the social game and to hop into a place to where they're using multi forms of media, audio content, visual content, textual content to not only create better experiences for creators themselves, but also reinvent how we consume each one of those three levels of content, how we consume music, how we consume other audio content, how we consume visual content, and then also textual content as well, because obviously every form of media has textual content behind it. So because they took Anchor into their e ecosystem, right, spending valuable time, money, resources, dollars, et cetera, to make sure that that's integrated in, in a part of their platform. Um, I'm already seeing updates. I'm already seeing new features coming out. I'm already seeing them shaving the fat off and adjusting and adding new things. So for me, all of the little, you know, frills and, and just randomness, like, I mean, for example, like watermarks and, you know, um, time limits and costs and price and all these different attributes, or they call them features and benefits, right? But all these different attributes that um, people consider when they are choosing platforms platforms to create content and distribute content on a lot of times those are just what they are right they are just uh, features or they're just benefits uh, or I'm sorry they're just features of that platform but I'm looking for the benefits of a platform we have an episode about the difference between features and benefits features as long as you have a product service or attention in general you have features to what you're doing but benefit is completely different how are your creators how are your people how are your users and your listeners your audience going to benefit from you using a platform and one of the things that I love about uh, Anchor itself, it has the lowest barrier to entry that I've found from other podcasting platforms. You can download it, upload, and you're already um, creating content and distributing content and recording and publishing podcasts in literally less than a, a few minutes. As long as you know what your focus is, you know what your content is, you either have your notes or you have some type of idea that you're, you know, starting with. Um, so for me, what like this is kind of my ultimate punchline when I'm choosing the things that I'm choosing is that it's not about being in the most places. It's about being in the right places. So if if there's depth there, if there's the ability to consume, if there's constant innovations and upgrades and that kind of stuff, stuff, then you have the ability to develop brand advocacy, right, which is the ultimate point of doing anything or creating and publishing anything, then that's the platform or that's the angle that you need to go. So if there's something in place that, ah, the cost is, just, ah, I just, uh, oh, actually, I just, they don't just, oh, they just, like, if you find yourself doing that little, you know, sort of sitting on the fence thing and debating, it's because you're worried too much about features and not about the benefits or, or the low cost of entry or the low barrier to entry to just creating in the first place activate the behavior and then uh you know worry more about the sophistication of the platform that you're using so that for me all inclusively is why i've chosen anchor because as a low barrier to entry they're owned by a platform that's one of the most innovative and one of the largest industry leaders in um a very you know red ocean of an industry too which is music and, and audio content in general so it's not easy to stay at the position that they are at constantly when you have other players who have been in it longer who have bigger you know, infrastructures, budgets are backed by bigger investors and companies. So the fact that they've been able to do what they do um, and run in the circles that they are and have the creators they do and the prestige of the platform and everything, I know they're constantly going to be innovating. So I, I'm, that's why I chose Anchor. And it's a um, seamless process and you guys seem to be enjoying it as well. Um, so subjective to my opinion, but those are my reasons for that. Um, second question we have is coming from Val. 
and Val uh, actually just hit me up a couple days ago. Um, and the reason I shot her question to the top of the queue is because of how related related it was to every other um, question we beginning around the, the process of actually creating content. So let me go ahead and pull it up on my phone here. Um, and I'll continue to make sure that, you know, as we integrate more aspects and segments of the, of the show, that it is a seamless process too. Um, but it's uh, done is better than perfect. So we have right here from Val, and it was sort of like a two point, uh, two part uh, conversation that we were having as well. She says, I'm so glad that I've found you. You're currently convincing me to launch the blog I have been thinking about for so long. Thanks so much for great content and all of your dedication. I said, thank you, sounds amazing. Glad you reached out, you know, definitely do it. Make sure it's, you know, about you and that it gives you life and that, um, you know, your commitment to it uh, will bring the right readers, viewers, listeners. And then she goes, on to say I will for sure I miss writing so much I'm actually debating on the language I should use my mother tongue is French but I've always created content in English that's one of the last questions keeping me from going forward do you have any thoughts on it and do you see really quick before I answer Val's question thank you so much Val for the question beautiful question beautiful thoughts and all that kind of stuff but do you see how many creators are probably just like Val, just like I used to be, just like a lot of the people I know where there's always just like one thing, just one final thing or a few final things that's holding people back from creating and doing the things that they love. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just a thing you need to be aware of. Do what Val's doing, identify the things that are stopping you from creating, and then find answers to the question, whether it's through an influencer, a guru, an expert, you know, a, a third party, you know, trusted source that has content on, on stuff whatever it is find your answers and then go create so to answer uh val's question specifically i think for me the way i always do it is using my my best case worst case gauge that we talked about four or five episodes ago where essentially okay if you were to get and this will help you identify the next uh part of my answer but if you can get ten thousand people to to watch you in english today what does that do for you now what and this is a question you ask yourself and your answer helps you start to de determine now what happens if you create content in that same language and it gets no traction how does that then you know change your you know follow-up action or your behavior the reason why i use this best case worst case scenario is because sometimes you have to take a, a moment to have an out-of-body experience go to the best version of that thing go to the worst version of that thing and and kind of sit with it see how it feels does it feel good if today i had you know, 10,000 people listening to my content in French, but not English. Would it help be helpful today? And she also went on later in the conversation to say that she also knows German. I'm not sure at which level, but first of all, you're a genius, so you should probably eventually create content in all of them. But what this will help you do is identify something in the in marketing they call, you know, your audience segments, right? Your, your primary, your secondary, and your tertiary audiences. Just because you have multiple audiences doesn't necessarily mean that you won't be serving all of them over time. You just have to ask yourself the right question so you can identify which audience you're you're um you know putting content out for and providing value for first the reason being is because inevitably regardless of who you're pushing content to it's going to come along with the same obligations and expectations to you know fulfill either the continuity of that attention you know if you're selling products and services the fulfillment of those products and services so you need to make sure that the primary audience you're serving that the best case worst case that you would still continually do the behavior it takes to accomplish the the 
publishing and distributing of content and the selling um, or distributing of things if that was the best version or the worst version because what that tells you or what that helps you become aware of and empowered to do is that I love this for me therefore I'm going to do it regardless of opportunity regardless of you know uh, market uh, sort of status regardless of all of that kind of stuff because those are all variables as long as it's aligned there will be things that come and go there will be peaks of interest there will be valleys of interest there will be times where you have motivation to do it times you don't have motivation to it times you have precise you know content that's just super on target you know hitting the bullseye every time and other times where it kind of feels like you're dancing around topics and all that kind of stuff so because these things are inevitable you have to essentially decide okay all of those audiences are a part of who i am because you can't get away from the fact unless you unlearn you know french german etc that you know multiple languages um you are a beautifully gifted you know very intelligent person so therefore which one do i serve first right um so what you need to do is first ask those questions best case worst case decide which one you're serving first because you're not necessarily negating the other ones you're just putting them sort of on a back burner or only serving them 20% of the time and not 80% of the time. And then for your primary audience, just create a go-to market strategy. And a go-to-market strategy is just essentially how are you serving them, how are you getting their attention, how are you pushing them further down into your funnel and taking them from initial brand contact to whatever call to action you want them. And a lot of times that call to action ends up being a purchase or a customer or the selling of a product or a service. Um, so your go-to-market strategy becomes the result of whatever choice you're making now. Um, and it's not necessarily that everything has to become a business, but even if there's not a monetary infrastructure or business model behind what you're doing, aka you just want to create content and not sell anything, you still have to identify who do I want to serve first? Because once you get that audience, let's take the best case and let's say you chose, you know, actually I want to create in my native tongue in the in the language of French and let's say you get 10,000 people, right? Over whatever period of time, six, nine, 12 months, whatever, you have 10,000 people listening to your content in all forms, right? So you're probably going to be like, okay, can I take 20% of my energy and shift some of this content to an English audience as well? You know, do some organic and paid efforts behind that. And all of a sudden you have a secondary audience that becomes, you know, sort of an attention maximizer or a profit maximizer, regardless of what you're trying to do. So that's my answer to your question, Val. Beautiful question. Uh, and the reason why I took it beyond just languages is because essentially what you're asking on a, on a deeper level is how do I position myself? How do I position my skill? How do I position my passion, my talent, my expertise, my experience, and the things that I actually care about? And content positioning and brand positioning is one of the things that we do, um, not only you know through the presentation of uh, the King Darius experience and related content, but also as a company as a whole, as we awaken and empower entrepreneurs, one of our core focuses with Sacred Media House is to specifically help people with brand positioning. Um, so that is a fantastic question, and we will end today's episode knocked my coffee a little bit um we will end today's or episode with a question from joseph um and joseph has actually been uh following me since uh, at least to my understanding what i can recognize prior to kd and all of this stuff existing because i think he was a part of uh, our audiences um even with the last brand and the last business that um i was running so um kudos for you for being a brand advocate through the the evolution of a, a businessman, entrepreneur, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So his question specifically um, is around how we come up with our, or how I come up with 
the content ideas because I was posting essentially how people can um, start gaining traction on their content. And I posted a carousel on Instagram, um, both on timeline and stories. And he answered to the story and said, um, do you have maybe any examples of how you write up your long form versus short form content? Um, love the thoughts tomorrow when I wake up, I'll review again and really try to get a handle on it. Right. And we've been talking back and forth about um, creating content and all that kind of stuff too. So then he goes on to ask, um, where do you get your ideas for an article or for a podcast? So for me, um, the, this goes back to my concept that I talk about, about being real time relevant, right? So there's always somewhere you can draw content from. And I used to refer to this as idea pool, right? Idea pools, idea pulling, right? Um, it, essentially what it is, is you create pools or you create categories or you create little containers and then you categorically brain dump any topic, any angle, any perspective that you can possibly think in and around that subject matter, right? And then out of those idea pools, then come your ideas or your positioning of that content. And it doesn't always have to be certain perspectives, like first person, just me talking to you. As you can see in episode 30, I'm already bringing in audience questions, which means it's, you know, user generated and it's derived from, you know, the audience themselves, the people actually consuming the content. And similarly to pulling content from the audience and doing user generated content, um, I had a buddy of mine that I met on social media a couple months ago, ended up helping a move um, and he started telling me hey I, I know some people in the industry that you can use as guests and I would love to be on a guest on the podcast as well um, then obviously I do some content creation with dash aka soul enormous so I'm diversifying the the different areas in which I'm pulling content but I use all of my remember we talk about experiential marketing experiential marketing the reason why I sort of coined that term is because you're essentially taking your experiences and turning them into further content which provides experiences for others so if you're having conversations if you're you know having email correspondence if you're having phone conversations if you're having dialogue if you're actually having interactions with people you're having in-person experiences all of those moments those questions those in-betweens those underlayer things those are all content opportunities how you present them um, in regards to type of content or form of content and then the platforms they go on to that's a lot less important than the derivative of where the content's coming from in the first place so regardless of it, if it's an article, if it's a podcast or any type of content that it is, I'm just making sure that the source in which it's coming from is actually a relevant source, right? Did I have a, a valuable conversation with somebody that in my head, oh, if I just turn that into some form type of content and regardless of channel, that would be valuable to somebody else? If my answer is yes, I create the content. So a lot of times my content ideas come from the initial idea pooling. And I do this pretty often. I would say every five to 10 days, I'm adding more ideas, just added three or four more to my notebook yesterday as they were coming to me and that kind of stuff. Because as long as the source, the nucleus, the pillar, the foundation, the cornerstone of what you're doing, is aligned everything else that comes from it is going to be valuable as well um so hopefully these three questions were extremely valuable to you guys um uh and they should be because they're coming directly from you guys and they're all themed around how you essentially create content distribute it and position it correctly so you can gain traction on your content and the things that you believe uh are valuable to you and valuable to the people you're trying to reach thank you guys so much already for rocking with me for 30 episodes like i said we're going to continue to enhance the experience um continue to involve you guys eventually bring in guests and that kind of stuff but thank you so much tomorrow we will be awakening empowering through episode 31 until then i will see you in the next episode of the king darius experience peace I ain't
we stay woke, but y'all sleep. Real emote.